Hello and welcome to another Malexo podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the topic of marketing and in particular, the question of should we or shouldn't we invest in marketing in these particular times? As we all know, this whole COVID coronavirus scenario has really decimated the Australian business landscape. And we're certainly dealing with clients who are asking us this exact same question. What should I do from a marketing point of view? Is it time to pause marketing, time to stop marketing altogether? Or should we actually be ramping up our marketing and doing more promotions than ever before? So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the discussion that's about to be had between the consultants on the Malexo team. A lot of businesses at the moment are facing a decrease in appetite from a consumer point of view. Now, that decrease is either because it's forced. So if you're in hospitality, for example, you know we can't at the moment in Australia visit a cafe, sit down, have a nice meal, have a chat to friends. We can't go to a bar. We can't go to entertainment venues. So it's a forced decrease in the uh, consumption. And so with that in mind, we have had to have conversations with clients around, well, if you're a bar right now, should you continue spending money on sales and marketing or should you completely pause those activities? And, and I'd have to say bars are one of those really extreme situations. Or if you're an airline, for example, it's an extreme situation where your hands are really tied beyond your control. Now, on the other side, we have got organizations that haven't been as affected. And in fact, some of these companies are riding through this pretty well. So if I'm an, if I'm an online store at the moment, depending on what you're selling, and we've got one particular client at the moment whose business is just booming phenomenally because of the industry and what this uh, company sells. If you're in that boat, we might even be having a different conversation, but they're all also asking the question of, well, is the ride and is the wave that we're riding just sort of about to die down? And is the wave that we're riding a simple wave of consumption simply because psychologically people are fearful of missing out and so therefore they're stockpiling and so if you stockpile a period will come where is it going to be crickets and it's going to be quiet because no one needs it because they've stockpiled so should we then continue with marketing if everyone's already got their stockpile of products really interesting question so chris what are your thoughts on this in this whole sort of debate discussion around sales marketing should we shouldn't we what are your thoughts you've been you know doing this for for many 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 years more than i have you've certainly seen quite some interesting periods it is interesting and i have to go uh i, I go through the same process that i mentioned in another webinar where i've been through five or six major global upheavals and somehow or other i've watched terrific companies come out of the other end because they've managed their sales and marketing you know tremendously well and in every case without Without exception, it is because they actually understand what their product is. Now, I know it sounds a little bit fundamental. McDonald's is a terrific example. McDonald's had no idea in the, I think in the late 90s, they had no idea what they were selling. There was a big push for uh, health foods and everybody was looking at, you know, how many calories are in those rotten burgers. Nobody really, surely there's nobody really wants to eat McDonald's burgers. But... But they decided to tell us they were healthy and that they were all coming from this fantastic organic farm in Texas or whatever. And, and it was completely wrong. And I was on an original panel and I said, just stop all this crap and sell the product because you don't understand what your product is. People just want the best burger. They don't give a shit about whether it's got 1,400 calories or 14,000 calories. Just give them 
a burger that looks like that thing up on the wall instead of one that looks like it's been under a truck for the last two days, and that will do the job. And I was put off the case because I didn't know what I was talking about. It was a case of, no, 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 we've got to get healthy. We've got to convince people that our burgers are healthy. I can go through a million examples like that, but the first and most critical point is when you really understand what you're selling, and a lot of SMEs don't, what your product is, what your service is, not what... It's not that little round thing nobody wants. What is that thing used for? That's what your product is. So having understood what your product is, you can then start to understand whether it's going to fit into, you know, the short term, the medium term and the long term, you know, um, purchasing decisions that people make. I mean, you've also got to divide it up into, uh, you know, discretionary spending versus essential essential spending. And clearly, essential spending is a lot easier to deal with. But the other fundamental is that when everybody else stops spending money, if you've got a good, sound product and you know what it is, when everybody else stops, that's when you pull out the big guns and start spending. That is when you win market share, without a doubt. Now, I don't want to sound cavalier about the situation that exists, but right now, all around the world, there'll be companies saying, we have the cash. We know what we're selling. We know how to reach our market. We have solid, sound sales techniques in place. Our processes are good. Let's double our marketing, sales and marketing budgets and pull market share. And your point, Pete, about people who will stock up now, so they'll end up with a big stockpile, there will be, in those areas, there may well be a hiatus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm imagining that Kimberly Clark and Bowater Scott and a big paper and toilet paper manufacturers are going to go through hell in about four or five months time because (laughs) nobody's going to need any of this stuff except those sensible people like me. (laughs) But this is the issue. I mean, if your product's right and you have the budget and it's exactly the same as Ken was talking about projects, don't pull back. Now is when you will pull large market share when you are out there and visible. And it's almost, my old granny used to call it the squeaky hinge. You know, the, the squeaky hinge is the hinge that gets the oil. So it, it works. I it's, mean, um, really interesting what you're saying. There's, there's a couple of things I want to add in there. Um, so first of all, just in terms of uh, knowing your product and exactly what you said, I mean, I'll, I'll, I can bring, bring this little device up and you could say, okay, what is it? It's a mobile phone. It makes calls. Okay, great. Now, for anyone that isn't familiar with the Steve Jobs 2007 Apple iPhone release, you've got to watch that. That is phenomenal. But even more phenomenal than that is the release of the iPod a couple of years before that. When Steve Jobs went onto the stage and he had his hand in his pocket, and he started talking about this device. And he, he didn't talk about the number of gigabytes. He didn't talk about the hard drive, the, 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 the features and functions and things like that. What he said was that this is a device that could hold, I think it's like 10,000 CDs in your pocket. And it was so powerful that there is marketing. You know what? Apple is an overpriced product. Sorry, but I have to say it. It is an overpriced product. But everybody's buying it because of the marketing, the success behind it. And yes, it is a good product. Uh, I do have to admit that, but the marketing behind that has been genius. Now, what's important in terms of what you're saying, Chris, from from what I'm understanding is that um, if you look around the world, you're going to see Coca-Cola everywhere from a 
an advertising, marketing, branding point of view. Same thing with Apple. Apple is everywhere. You see them everywhere. But here's the thing. This is the question that I've got for you. Why do you think they need to do that if they're already well-known global brands? I mean, everyone knows Apple and everyone knows Coca-Cola, yet they still spend money on marketing. And the reason they do that is exactly what Chris says. It's because of the brand push. It's to keep the brand in the top of the consumer's mind so that when the consumer needs a product that fits their needs and it happens to be a product that you sell, they'll think of your business first and, first and foremost. Coke wants to do that with, with thirst. You know, when you get thirsty, have a cold Coke. Apple wants to do that with the music, with the, the smartphone. If you need a new phone, go to Apple. If you want to download music, go to Apple. Similar sort of a thing. So I agree with you 100%, Chris. I think, um, you know, now is, is definitely the time to be ramping things up. But don't ramp up for the sake of ramping up. Only ramp up if you know your product and if you know your customers. Now, then the other side of my mind goes, okay, but how do I know what's the right product? So if I can add to that, um, besides only knowing your product, what you offer, and continue with the ex same example, uh, McDonald's, we need to keep in mind the add value you provide to customers. Even if it's true that we know that the main contact or the main product from McDonald's are the burgers, there is a convenient side of things within that product. Mm. Normally, and I can guarantee you, and probably there are some research about it, 90% of the customers that go to McDonald's is because of the convenience, because they know that within two, maximum three minutes, they are going to can be enjoying a burger. Mm -hmm. So you need to know not only what your product is, but also what's the add value you add to that product, whether it is the relationship you create with your customers over the process, or in this case, the convenience, or is the service, the customer service. Amazon is a great example of customer service. When you call to Amazon, you, you actually feel like you are talking to a person face to face and you kind of feel a personal bond with the other person that you don't even know probably what his or her name is. So you need to know those kind of aspects when you start going into your marketing strategy. Because even though if you push your product, if you don't keep in mind the add value that you are offering to the market, then the marketing strategy is going to become a move point. It's going to be repetitive. It's going to be like, yeah, we already sell burgers. We know McDonald's sell burgers, but so what? There are a thousand companies out there that sell burgers. What makes you different from the other 999 companies that offer burgers? Mm, that's, a, that's actually a really, really good point. Well, it raises the socioeconomic grouping that they're targeting as well. I'd love to see the figures for McCafe, for instance, which is supposed mm. to be aimed at a much more, you know, upper AB socioeconomic grouping that doesn't rely on having eight meals a week, you know, um, as a takeaway. So they aim heavily towards the socioeconomic grouping that they know will, will function on that food. They might not function for long, but they will function. I've got to stop beating up McDonald's. It's just, <laughs> it's just such a prime example. And Pete, your example of, uh, of Apple is another one. Apple have done a tremendous job creating a cult. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here now and I can actually literally pick up five phones that, that I've had in two years. They're all here. I've got Samsungs. I've got 
a Motorola. Or I've got all sorts. I've even got a couple of Chinese Xiaomi's here, which worked for about six weeks. But I, I buy a Motorola phone, right? That's a Lenovo, I believe it is these days. I paid $305 or something for it at a local Staples or Officeworks, as they're called here. And that phone's been functioning better than my Samsung 9 has functioned, you know, years before. Now, $305, $306. So what makes somebody go out and spend $1,800 on an iPhone that is still only in beta. The reason I've got this is because it's three years into testing and the upgrades and, and so on and the firmware now actually work. It's not a beta product anymore. It's actually a good product that works. So the, the fact that people queue up in the streets and sleep overnight to go rushing in there and be treated badly by Apple staff is quite astounding. It's cultism at its best and it's terrific. I mean, it works. It really does. And they will do that again next year at the next release as well. I mean, it, it, the, the success of their marketing is almost, I mean, it started with Steve Jobs and the way he did it. And as you say, I think he said he's got 45,000 songs in his pocket, I think is how he launched the iPod. Um, but look where he is now. Look where, well, we know where he is, but look where the company is, where it has, where it has established this, fantastic cult of marketing where people want to buy a product that is frankly less than perfect in those first couple of iterations each year and they'll camp out for it and they'll throw it away and and you know they'll be back next year for the next one so you i can't argue with that kind of marketing it's fantastic so they know their product isn't telephones mm. that's that's their product isn't anything to do with telephones that's not what they're selling so what yeah. are they selling I'm not going to answer it. People need to figure that out. What am I selling? You know, when I, when my power drill snaps a drill bit and I've got to go in and buy one of those funny little twisty round things that go in the end of my drill, they're horrible. They snap, they break, they fly around the room and can have your eye out. When they're in the toolbox, you can't get them out because they're so small. I, I'm not there at the hardware shop to buy a drill bit. I need a hole. So I need to buy a hole is what I'm, you know, there for. So, you know, it's, it's a really, really keen place to start. And, and that's, if, you, if you're not there and you can't provide a decent consumer benefit, then you're just throwing money against, you know, uh, good money after bad. So, so that's yeah. an interesting uh, angle in terms of the discussion that we've had. So, you know, we started off talking about should we, shouldn't we continue investing money in sales and marketing? What's become really apparent is really... Uh, we need to first understand, well, what are we selling? What's the product or the service? Um, and then what you said uh, earlier, Chris, was, uh, look, don't, don't stop in these times. This is when we really got to ramp up. And that's an interesting point. It's almost like um, what's happening with the stock market at the moment. I mean, it's being decimated. But if you're cashed up right now and uh, if you're smart about it, this is probably the ideal time to start cherry picking and picking off those sort of stocks that have been completely decimated as a result of psychological fear and not a real uh, fear or not a real cause behind the share going down. You know, it's not like the product is horrible or there was some sort of ethical problem, but it's more the psychology that's driven the sales of this, the or lack of purchase of the shares. I wish you hadn't raised that. Now I'm going to have to go and have a lie down. <laughs> I know, I know um, where you're coming from. If I might just come back to uh, Carlos's point, which is really valid. 
And those three or four things all go together, the product, the spend, the planning, the understanding what the consumer benefit is, but most importantly, establishing that solid client relationship. And that's what Apple have done so tremendously, which has put them into that. And it just, it's, a, it's a position that we can hardly believe exists. I mean, I, as a marketing person, I've, you know, we've had terrific successes over the years, but that is a ripper. I mean, that, that is just the best. People buy things they don't need, they don't want, they don't work sometimes, in, as I say, in the early iterations, and they go back and buy more of it. And that's magic. And that's, that's all about relationships. There is a, so there is one element to other element to this discussion that I wanted to add in here. And this is where uh, James and Farah, I'll be uh, you know, asking you a question in a second. Um, so we've spoken about investment and, and the right product, et cetera, et cetera. But what we haven't actually mentioned is um, that when we're talking about sales and marketing, it's never ever as simple as just going like this and clicking a, a switch or flicking a switch and things just magically happen. Usually, Things happen iteratively. Usually, there's a ramp up period when we're going, uh, when we're looking at sales and marketing activities, and those that ramp up period could be a couple of days, could be weeks, could be months, depending on the activity. So, this is the important thing for anyone that's thinking about pausing sales and marketing campaigns: be really careful as to what you do, because if we're talking about, let's say, search visibility, and you decide to stop or pause your search engine optimization activities. Think about it. SEO often can take how many months, James and Farah? How many months till you start three, seeing results? Three months easily, yeah. six months to the most. And if you stop it, we've got people that are freaking out on our, we, we do marketing as well and, and SEO clients. We tell them, hold on a second. Don't do anything with your SEO. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's like a train. It takes a while to get started and it takes a while to stop. But, but when it, when you stop it, uh, you're, you're looking at three months easily for, for you to get ramped back up again. You're going to fall in the ranks. Your competitors are going to beat you because they know better and you don't need that right now. That's exactly right. And then that's the other point that I wanted to make that sales and marketing isn't an instantaneous activity in many cases. Yes, there are some things, you know, if you throw some money at Google AdWords, yes, it can work. But on the flip side, we still have that debate and that argument of, well, if your brand hasn't been seen by someone and they see you on Google, are they going to click on your ad? Do we need to have brand confidence before I start buying from you? If you're selling the same product as six other online stores, for example, and I haven't seen the brands before, chances are I'm going to shop around, window shop. How do I do that? Open new tabs and compare. But once I've experienced your brand, there's a high chance I'm going to come back and deal with you. So really important to bear in mind that when we're talking about stopping sales and marketing, the impact of that isn't just an immediate, oh, I'm just going to save a bit of money on sales and marketing because I can turn it off and it's not, it doesn't appear on my expense line. The question I've got for you is, well, okay, but how does that affect the future cash flow? What future revenue did you just impact? Because it could have a massive multiplying effect, pausing something as opposed to just holding onto it. Or maybe you might just need to wind it back a little bit but things like SEO, email marketing, they can still continue and still be pushed uh, aggressively. So yeah. uh, any other feedback, comments, uh, James and Farah around this? Uh, so Peter, if you turn on the telly today, you'll notice that people are still, they're still showing ads besides all the notifications about, you know, being saved during COVID-19. People haven't stopped advertising. And a lot of the products are not products that are just, you know, home essentials or essentials to deal with your daily life. 
A lot of it is stuff that you wouldn't otherwise, you know, be rushing out to buy. Amazon isn't delivering phones right now, but people are still advertising phones and what you're getting with it and things like that. They are being upfront about it. They are still targeting their audience. They still want to be visible. And if you take a step back in that, your competition is definitely going to be taking that step forward. They're going to beat you to that finish line. So the question is, is now a time that you want to sort of hibernate about that? Or do you really want to be out there so that people remember you? It's an investment that you make and you may not see the return on investment now, but if you are consistently out there and letting your customers know that you're out there, especially during this time, you're still working on your next product, your next idea, they're going to want to see what's going on in your evolution. So definitely don't go into hiding right now. Well, you've got an audience now, right? Because it's got, a captive look, audience. It's a captive <laughs> audience. More people are on TV, more people are on internet, more people yeah. are on their devices right now because they're not working. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, advertising is ramped up, marketing is ramped up. I mean, more people on YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, whatever is going on in your area, Vimeo. Mm. So um, I, I don't see it slowing down personally. Yeah. And I mean, the options are <clears> endless <throat> as to how you can reach your target audience. And it's important to know what platforms they're on and how you should be going about it. So rather than stopping your sales and marketing, maybe now is the time to evaluate where you should be doing your marketing and how you should be doing your marketing, coming, coming up with a strategy and a campaign. Yeah. And, and what you say, Farah, is interesting because you've probably got to cut a bit of slack into your ROIs. Not, not that I, I see a lot of Australian SMEs using you know, ROI tools, but you know, it's really important what you say because until someone says it out loud, you don't, you don't appreciate it. And what James just said is everybody's watching television now. I mean, I don't know how anybody watches commercial television in this country anyway, but lots of people do. So, um, you know, there's a huge, probably the biggest audience we've seen for years and years and years. So um, if you know what your return on investment should be, you can probably cut yourself about 20% slack and say, okay, I've just got to keep my brand up front. It's got to stay up front because this will come back and return. And I think, Pete, the final point about, uh, about sales and marketing is, is all about market share and really watching your ROI against your market share. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I mentioned last week a client that I have who's got an 80% leap in business in the first week of uh, self-isolation. And he's, he's saying, I should stay home all the time. He runs a very, very big company and his business has leapt 80%. And I have to say, it's a badly managed business. I hope he's not listening, but it's a badly run business. And he's just saying, Chris, I'm doing great. What do I need you for? I'm 80% up. And I said to him, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but your product can't raise an additional market share of 80% or almost double sales in Australia. Your product's going offshore. No, I don't think so. No, I'm selling it. No, your product's going offshore. I know where your product's going to. And that means that when all this is over, if you're going to build your company to chase that particular market, mm. then when this is all over, you're, not, you're going to have difficulty returning back to your local market. So he feels he's picking up market share, but it's, a, it's actually a false activity. So that's a product, it's a food product. It's going overseas to feed someone overseas. It's not being actually consumed in Australia. So mm. watching your market share is important. I mean, you, there'll be companies like... Uh, Kimberly and Bowater Scott and Sorbent and companies like brands like that, that'll currently be going, wow, look at this, we're 2,000% up on the same month last year. Sure. 
but it's fake. It's just false. It's not really there. It's smoke and mirrors. So it's really important to keep tabs on what's happening. And, and as uh, you know, we were saying, just, just maintain the brand. If you can possibly do it, stay there, stay out there because it will come back. Good, good piece of advice. And uh, Carlos, what would be the last thing you'd say to uh, business owners out there, you know, who are looking at their expenses, looking at what's happening and asking, well, we've got to cut back somewhere. Um, is this the time to stop sales and marketing? Well, uh, my recommendation is the very first thing that you will need to look at. It's as Chris was saying, the return on investment. They need to evaluate it is essential for them to know what communication channels are generating revenue. Especially now with all the ROE tools that we have currently, it's pretty easy for a business owners to determine how much revenue it's coming from the different strategies they have in place. Uh, say at the moment, if you were to advertise your company in radio, yes, you are doing that, but we know that radio is probably one of the traditional mass media channels, the most, one of the most expensive ones. And you don't know how many people are actually listening to your advertising. Whereas if you implement say a SEM or SEO strategy, you actually can have some metrics. Okay, how many, how, how my brand is being exposed to X amount of audience. So I think that's the first thing to keep in mind. The second thing that it needs to be considered is that you create a communication consistency or brand consistency between all the channels that you advertise your company. Because if you don't create a brand consistency rather than informing or uh, creating brand exposure to your audience, what you're going to do is going to be confusing your possible targets. So you need to make sure that whatever communication you put in place is the same or pretty similar or transmit the same idea across the different channels that you are promoting your company. And that's, that's what I would say to these business owners. Really, really powerful stuff. Just connecting the dots between what Carlos, you were just saying and Chris was saying. So the important takeaway message for business owners when looking at this particular question is this, understand your product, understand your market. And if you've got the right product and you're targeting the right market, then now is not the time if you can afford to to cut back or to, to stop marketing. The second thing is that if you are continuing with marketing, which we're saying, look, you probably should because it's an ideal time to be pushing forward for the various reasons we just discussed. If you're going to do it, do it in a focused way. So do it in a way that number one, you capture data. Number two, you review your data and you make changes based on what you're seeing. So facts. And the third thing is that if you're going to do it, do it in a way that everything is synchronous and harmonious. So if you've got five, six channels that you're using and you're communicating across five, six channels, there's harmony and the things that the consumer experiences in terms of communication pieces all say the same thing across the channels. Going back to the McDonald's model that we've spoken about, one of the other reasons I believe people visit McDonald's is because it is consistent. It's a consistent product. You know what you're getting, you know how long it takes, you know what it's gonna taste like, and you know the experience you're going to have when you walk into a McDonald's, regardless of where you are in Australia or in fact, globally. 
And with that, I'd like to say thank you very much for listening to this podcast or watching this video. Keep an eye out for future podcasts coming out. We're going to be promoting these on all the social medias, whether it's in LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, etc. We're going to have some more podcasts coming out with some really interesting topics and debates that we're going to uh, talk through. And uh, you can also check out malexo.com.au if you need any assistance with anything to do with your business from a strategy, consulting and transformation point of view. Thank you again and enjoy your day.